Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. So today I want to talk about five things that really helped me in my recovery. So these were all kind of key points, some of them internal, some of them external, which really kind of helped me on the journey and helped me to kind of push through different recovery barriers. There was no one fix, no magical, magic wand that solved everything, unfortunately. However, all these things definitely, definitely helped. Now, I want to just say that, of course, things that help me might not necessarily help you. We all have our own individual journeys and paths to walk. So hopefully this might help give you some inspiration and hope. But obviously, you know, your story is going to be very different probably from mine. Um, I want to say as well that one thing in addition to the five things I'm going to talk about that has always really helped me is having hope. Uh, that recovery was possible. I always believed from very early on that I wasn't going to live with bulimia for ages. I really thought there was a light at the end of the tunnel and even though sometimes I was in a very chaotic and kind of depths of despair place, I did really believe that hope and recovery was um, a a thing that was going to happen and I guess in so many ways that kept me going because I was looking at the light at the end of the tunnel. I was always searching and hoping and seeking and reading and trying to make things change, okay? And I think that is something to really hold on to and is so important because I think when we get into a place where we we begin to feel hopeless, we feel quite despairing and we can feel resigned to the eating disorder. We can feel really stuck and then we can get in a very, very low place and we don't make the changes anymore because we just feel, oh, well, it's not worth it, it's not possible. So I just want to really say to you that it is possible and do hold on to hope. So what are the five things that really helped me? Okay, so one of the things that really helped me initially was eating more. Okay, now that sounds so simple, but unfortunately, of course, it is quite hard. But I know for me, eating more helped me so much physically and mentally and I think I'm someone and I'm sure true for many people that didn't do very well when I was restricting so when I was restricting physically I was always cold I had really poor concentration I felt really irritable um I felt kind of physically really unwell my digestion was really poor I had stomach aches I just didn't feel good and I used to kind of get this kind of yawn in my throat when I knew I needed to eat and my metabolism was obviously like really low and really struggling but yeah my body was just not in a good place and mentally as well um, definitely much more irritable much more angry much more frustrated um, no emotional resilience um, to deal with anything because of yeah just not eating it doesn't put you in a good place and I think you can often forget, you know, if you've been in a place where you've been restricting for a long time, you can start to think that's kind of normal and, and that's what how your body should feel. But actually, for me, I know when I started eating again, and I mean like eating regularly, eating enough, balancing my blood sugar, I just felt physically and mentally so much better. And 
of course I had issues with body image and I'm not saying it was all straightforward from there by any means, but I think the benefits of just feeling more emotionally resilient, feeling that I could deal with things better, that I had energy, that I could concentrate, that I could engage in life, that I wanted to see my friends more again, was all really, really helpful. Um, and I'm not saying that's true for everybody, but that was definitely my own experience. So that was number one. Okay, number two was seeing one of my friends suffering with an eating disorder. Now, throughout my recovery, I always have spoken to people and I've had sort of trusted people that I would talk to. And um, at various stages, I had different people that I would be open with who also had had an eating disorder. So we could really kind of share and relate and be able to kind of support each other in a positive way. And I remember being at a party once and one of my friends was locked in the toilet and she was purging. And I remember being on the other side of the door and it was almost a bit of a light bulb moment for me as I realized actually this is what I do and this is such a self-punishing and destructive behavior. And I suddenly kind of saw the purging in a slightly different light. And I know it sounds a bit strange because I guess many, many times before I had been purging myself and had been completely dissociated from it and I'd also almost kind of thought purging's a good thing. And I become so detached from all the kind of punishing side of it and thinking about what it was doing to my teeth, my body, my electrolytes, kind of my digestion, everything else, how awful I felt afterwards. But seeing someone else do it was somehow that kind of helped me take a step back, have a different perspective on things. And again, I'm not saying that after that event, everything was fine and never purged again because that was far from true. But it was definitely a point that changed things for me a bit and I had a different relationship towards the purging. Okay, the third thing was taking time out. Now, when I was 23, with about 200 quid in my bank account, I decided to go to Australia on my own. Um, I think I was a lot braver then than I am now <laughs> in some respects. Um, and I just kind of had a working traveling holiday visa and I kind of worked and traveled my way around Australia and kind of had that whole backpacking experience. Um, and I guess, you know, Australia was a pretty safe place to go on my own, English speaking, you know, there's a lot more challenging places I could have gone to. But anyway, my main motivation for going to Australia was having time out and putting geographical distance between myself and my family and to be able, being, being able to sort my head out a bit. Now, of course, going to Australia and sitting on an amazing beach and being with amazing people and watching amazing sunsets does not necessarily make your mental health all good. And you realise that even if you are geographically on the other side of the world, that you are still living with the enemy between your two ears, you know, how you talk to yourself if you don't resolve your issues. But for me, going to Australia was a chance to take time out and to journal a lot, to read. I met with my really good friend for about a month in Australia and we travelled together and we were able to just really kind of talk very openly um, and we're kind of crying at different times as well, but kind of getting a lot of stuff out and really understanding the past, being able to make sense. I remember writing letters to people back home and kind of like therapeutic letters where I was saying things maybe that needed to be said, um, but I'd never be able to have been able to do that when I was at home. So putting that geographical distance between me and the situation at home helped me for the very first time to actually begin to find myself, to find my voice and to separate myself from everything I felt I'd had to be before because 
I guess before I went traveling, I was really just such a pleaser and just trying to accommodate people around me. And I just wasn't very authentic, really. I just did not know who I was. I completely lost my voice. And going to Australia was a chance to begin to reclaim that and begin the kind of journey back to myself. And again, I'm not saying that going to Australia or going traveling is the quick fix or the thing that's gonna sort it for everybody. But for me, that was definitely another turning point. And did it cure me of bulimia? No, I still came back and continued to have bulimia for you know a few more years. However, after that trip away, my symptoms were reduced significantly and I was kind of on a different road. I could see how things were gonna be different. Okay, the fourth thing that really helped me was good friends. So there's been a real theme throughout my recovery and just through my life that I've always had like two or three really trusted friends who I can turn to and be open and be vulnerable with. Now, I'm not open and vulnerable with everybody. I'm open and vulnerable with people where I have built a relationship where I can really trust them. And I'm an emotional person and I really need to be able to talk to people. And when I don't do that, um, you know, I was gonna be so dependent on relying on eating disorder behaviors to try and numb those emotions and not deal with them in a healthy way. So friendship has been so important. And I think it's no coincidence as well that when I met my husband, it was around the same time that my purging stopped completely. And again, I'm not saying that kind of finding the perfect relationship is gonna sort all that out because when I met my husband, um, I really struggled to let him get close to me. And I you know, had been so used to kind of trying to deal with everything on my own. I would kind of lean towards quite an avoidant attachment style where I would try to kind of just pretend I didn't need people, try and do it all on my own. And then actually I would really crash very badly because of um, as human beings, we need other people and it's almost impossible to do it all alone. So, but beginning to kind of let him in and I guess him being kind of accepting and kind and, you know, very stable and almost him being able to kind of understand sometimes as well that sometimes when I was pushing him away or rejecting him it wasn't really that I wanted to end the relationship it was just that I was really scared and I guess him kind of standing quite firm and being there was really really helpful for me whereas before I'd often been in quite a lot of chaotic or also kind of with people who also had quite avoidant attachments and it's just a recipe for disaster because of neither of us would have been able to kind of commit or offer any sort of stability or security because we're always kind of ducking and diving away from any emotional vulnerability, which means that it's very hard for a relationship to thrive in that environment. So relationships, definitely key. So the fifth thing that really helped me was therapy. Now, quite interestingly, I didn't ever actually have sort of official eating disorder therapy. Um, because back in the day there wasn't really much of that available at all and there wasn't much of that available in the area that I lived in. So I actually invested in my own kind of counselling and it was just sort of general counselling, sort of talking therapy where I could really like talk about my past, learn new skills, learn new strategies for coping and that was very, very, very healing for me. And just to say with that as well, um, this is something that I funded myself. I managed to get kind of like... Um, some kind of reduced rate because of my earnings, you know, weren't great at that time. But I guess for me, it was a real priority to invest in therapy and counselling. And 
I sometimes think how, you know, we're often prepared to like pay for gym memberships or we're prepared to like pay for beauty treatments or shopping or I don't know, you know, trips out, whatever. We're prepared to spend money on lots of different things, but often what we don't invest in is our emotional and mental health. And I know for me, um, that's been a huge personal investment, which I'm so glad that I did because I think it enabled me to go into my 30s just feeling much more mentally um, secure and happy. And also it's meant that when I've had children, I've also felt... um, much more able to kind of parent them and to cope and just feel much more emotionally resilient overall which has been really good so I would say for me that has been like a fantastic investment and some of the things that came out of the therapy for me was really realizing kind of like core beliefs of feeling incompetent and not good enough and examining a bit more kind of where those beliefs had come from and beginning to realize that I'd often sort of taken for granted that, you know, if you get those, have those messages over and over again, you kind of start to, you know, you absorb them and you unconsciously start to parent yourself in the same way. And you kind of believe that those messages are true. And I suppose I was able to kind of start to question them and to stand back and to realize actually, you know, like hurt people, hurt people. And, you know, the people that had said those things to me, it wasn't because they were like deliberately trying to be horrible and unkind but you know they just had a lot of their own stuff going on and it was kind of thrown at me but wasn't really my stuff to own so therapy really helped me to kind of stand back and think about what was my stuff what wasn't and to think about parenting myself in a different way and something that helped me as well around the same time was just realizing how I was just so much more critical and judgmental of myself than other people were of themselves I remember kind of looking around and realizing other people just don't give themselves anywhere near as hard a time as I do and other people just kind of have fun and get on with things and almost like just seeing how other people could be a bit kinder to themselves it kind of gave me permission to be able to do that too because I think before I'd almost felt like I'd somehow got to be perfect or um, I couldn't have any flaws or failures whereas actually I kind of realized I don't have to be good at everything and um, so I'd often give myself a really hard time because I'm not very good at maths. And But rather than focusing on the subjects that I am good at, I would just always berate myself for not being good at maths, um, which is really unhelpful because there are plenty of other people in the world that are good at maths and can do that bit of life. So, yeah, all that stuff was very, very valuable. And therapy was a definite thing that helped with all of that. So I hope this gives you some insight and some hope and some inspiration maybe into things that may be able to help you. And just to say again, of course, everybody's journey is different and you will have your own personal things that help you. And, you know, they may be completely different from mine. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, If you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at The Eating Disorder Therapist. And if you want to receive weekly articles to your inbox, inbox, do sign up on my homepage, rethinkyourbody.co.uk. There's a free ebook there. And when you sign up for the free ebook, you'll be automatically added to my mailing list. Okay, and I share lots of kind of extra tips and info there. I'm also very soon launching at the end of September, my 10 week steps to intuitive eating course, Also more information is available on my website about that if you're interested in it. It's an online course where I offer email support, 
and it's going to be weekly videos and a really comprehensive workbook which is going to be hopefully really really helpful so do go and check it out okay thank you so much for listening and i look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon